Welcome to Math Mutation, a podcast where we discuss fun, interesting, or just plain weird corners of mathematics that you would not have heard in school. Recording from Hillsboro, Oregon, this is Eric Seligman, your host. And now, on to the math. Math Mutation 57. Really old math. How long has mathematics been around? Well, by some measures, almost as long as the human race, since nearly as long as people have existed, they've probably been able to count simple numbers of objects around them. But a more interesting question is how long ago do we have documented history of non-trivial human math activity? Looking at the timeline of mathematics at Wikipedia, we can see references to ambiguous artifacts like marked rocks and bones from as long ago as 70,000 BC, and a numerical system was known to have been invented by the Sumerians in the 3000s BC. But the first interesting mathematical documents are probably the ones known as the Moscow and Rhind papyruses, dated from the 1800s BC. Both of these ancient Egyptian scrolls are very practical documents stating problems and providing solutions. The Moscow papyrus is most noted for describing calculations of the volume of a frustrum or cut-off pyramid. Strangely, the Egyptians seem more interested in calculating this than the volume of a full pyramid. The Rhine papyrus is much more elaborate and contains such achievements as calculating pi to within 1% and solving first-order linear equations. But because modern attitudes, philosophies, and notations had not been invented yet, the Egyptians had to take some very convoluted approaches. For example, today we consider simple fractions like one-fifth, two-sevenths, or three-eighteenths to be a basic foundation of our arithmetic system. But to the Egyptians, the only legal fractions were unit fractions, with one in the numerator. Thus the value we easily express as 2 over 61 had to be written by the Egyptians as 1 40th plus 1 244th plus 1 488th plus 1 610th. This looks to me like a real pain in the butt, but I guess the easy way wasn't as obvious when nobody taught it to you in grade school. Multiplication and division were also not very well understood in the Rhine papyrus. While these operations were required for practical purposes, they were implemented by repeated addition and subtraction combined with the concept of doubling or halving values. So to multiply a number by 6, they would multiply it by 2, then by 2 again, to get the number multiplied by 4. Then they would add it to the original number multiplied by 2. So the overall result of this cumbersome process would be the number correctly multiplied by 6, though today we consider the calculation much easier. For complicated problems, the papyrus often presents an answer and then verifies it, without showing any actual way the answer could have been calculated. This may simply be because the practical Egyptians solved most problems by trial and error. They would try an answer, and if it didn't work, tweak it in the right direction until it did. But probably the most surprising problem is one that involves adding together powers of seven, though of course couched in very convoluted language. The solution described seven houses, 49 cats, 343 mice, 2,401 stalks of wheat, and 16,801 bushels of grain. This coincides nicely with the trick question in the classic 18th century rhyme, As I was going to St. Ives, I met a man with seven wives. Every wife had seven sacks, every sack had seven cats. Every cat had seven kits. Kits, cats, sacks, and wives. How many were going to St. Ives? But this rhyme was penned before the papyrus was discovered. Was this just an odd coincidence? Or could variants of this problem, starting in ancient Egypt, have been passed around through the subconscious of Western culture for two millennia and directly led to the poem? Another interesting aspect of the Rhine papyrus is that it contains mistakes. Was the author just not that good at math, respecting calculations by rote without fully understanding them? 
Or was the problem due to a non-math literate scribe whose copy is our only version of the document? Today there's no way for us to tell. But even if he wasn't that great at math or made a few mistakes, we owe that ancient scribe, Amis, a huge debt for providing us this amazing insight into the mathematical world of ancient Egypt. And this has been your Math Mutation for today.